At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition of the HHC. Hornets, a 107-101 win over the Utah Jazz, their fourth win of their five-game homestand, and maybe the biggest save for last. We'll break it down, pick our stars of the night, also talk about the clutch performance the Hornets had. This one really came down to the wire against a Jazz team that's been playoff proven and a lot of all-stars on that roster. Hornets still able to come away with the victory. And of course, it's that time of season. We'll do some scoreboard watching. Helping me with all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets radio network, Rob Longo. And Rob, this was a big victory for the Hornets. You can argue that earlier in the month of March, a lot of the wins were against teams that were either at a rest disadvantage compared to the Hornets or had severe injury issues coming into the game. No such argument for this one. Utah was on normal rest. They were motivated to get this win, and the Hornets just flat out beat them on Charlotte's home floor. 107-101 was the final. What are your top-line takeaways? Well, I mean, anytime you got to go across the country, it's obviously difficult, and I'm not going to discount the way that the Hornets were able to win this game because of that, because the Hornets had to do the same thing back in December, and it was on the second night of a back-to-back. So all is fair in the way that the schedule works out. Really good win for the Hornets. I mean, just a really good homestand overall when you take a look at it. 4-1 and one on his homestand. Obviously, 5-0 and oh would have been really nice considering the record of the Knicks, but you got to get the wins where you can, and the Hornets were really able to do that last night. Little bit of a slump there in that third quarter that allowed Utah to get back into it. There was a strong second quarter in there, and then the fourth quarter, Hornets were just able to close down. Terry Rozier hit some big shots down the stretch. Isaiah Thomas with some really good play coming off the bench. I know we'll get into our top performers here in a few moments. Mason Plumley was another one that, even though it doesn't look very good in the box score, considering he only had one point, he did end up with 11 rebounds. Ton of offensive boards, which is really what 
won the Hornets a game, I thought, were the second chance opportunities. And the thing that really impressed me too last night was that the Hornets dominated in the paint. When you go up against a guy like Rudy Gobert, who is just one of the biggest guys in the association, and you're able to outscore Utah 52 to 40 in the paint, I know the Jazz like to shoot the three, but you still have to go against a guy like Rudy Gobert. That's really impressive stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not surprised that they outscored Utah given the, the shot distribution that Utah does. They take more threes than any team in the NBA, but the fact that the Hornets were able to execute on the interior with the level of efficiency they did with one of the league's elite shot blockers lurking around, Rudy Gobert playing 37 minutes, only one block for the Stifle Tower. That's impressive work there for the Hornets. They go 28 for 54 on the interior, so shooting above 50% from inside the arc, and a lot of that coming in the paint as well. But the biggest number to me was the rebounding. Hornets all year long have struggled in rebounding categories. The Jazz arguably are the best rebounding team. They certainly have the best individual rebounder in Rudy Gobert, and yet the Hornets flipped that stat on its head. Charlotte out-rebounding the Jazz by seven, and in particular out-rebounding them on the offensive side by seven. 16 offensive boards for the Hornets compared to just nine for Utah. That led the Hornets to hold an advantage in second chance points to the tune of 18 to seven in a game they won by six. Miles Bridges after the game talked about the rebounding advantage. Every time we play against Utah, we, we get killed on the boards. It's actually my first win against Utah and every single time I lost against them, they've killed us on the boards and killed us in every other aspect. So today I think we just put our foot down, you know, and did what we had to do, you know, get Rudy off the glass. Luckily, they didn't have Hassan Whiteside because he's a handful too. But, you know, getting Rudy off the glass, getting all the other guys off the glass, and it worked in our favor today. It's great to say that you want to win the rebounding battle, but it's not as if the Hornets have said, now nah, we'll lose it most of the other games this season. It's been a constant issue at times, but Charlotte had one of their best rebounding games of the year. Mason Plumlee was just tenacious on the glass, particularly in the third quarter. He was fantastic there, earning multiple second chance opportunities for the Hornets and one other thing Miles touched on there it's been a long time since the Hornets have beaten the Jazz it was an eight game losing streak you got to go back to 2018 LaMelo Ball was still in high school the last time the Hornets beat the Utah Jazz and LaMelo talked about that after the game with us on the Hornets radio network that's crazy. But you, you know, it's even crazier, though. Every time like we say something like that, we go in and win. Because we had a couple more games like New York or some other teams we ain't beat in a long time. But right when we say it, we just win. It's crazy. Because I was uh, in the training room today with my boy Q. Then to get in some work, he talked about, man, y'all know y'all ain't beat Utah in I don't know how long. So, yeah, it's crazy. A great win for the Hornets. LaMelo Ball, crazy indeed. Crazy it's been that long. I got a feeling with him and this young core intact, Rob Longo, there's not going to be a lot of multiple-year, certainly not four-year losing streaks in the Hornets' future. No, absolutely not. I think the only one that still you have to kind of check the box on is the L.A. Clippers. I think that is about an eight-game losing streak as well. And, of course, it's going to be that way considering that the Hornets only play the Clippers twice a season. So, you know, if we have to do a prediction podcast for next year like we've been doing the last couple of holidays, I would have to pick that the Hornets are going to beat the Clippers at some point next year as well. But, yeah, I mean, it's just been great to see that the Hornets are playing with the best of everybody. I mean, you beat that streak against the 76ers earlier this year. The only one really, the only team that LaMelo Ball has not beaten yet really in the Eastern Conference is Chicago and they have a chance to do that here in a couple of weeks as well. So it's good that the Hornets are playing with the best of them. These are kind of the confidence booster games I think a little bit too. I know you're holding serve at home, but you're still kind of the underdog a little bit, but it's just one of those things where 
with every win, the confidence just grows a little bit more. Hornets, huge win, 107-101 to over the Utah Jazz. Continues this great run of play the Hornets have had, particularly in the month of March after a, a dreadful dreary February that saw just losses stacking up one on top of the other. The Hornets have now won eight out of 11 here in the month of March with three big games remaining on the schedule for this month, and they're all going to be huge, but we'll talk about those on another podcast. Right now, time to pick our stars of the night. Rob Longo, you're the guest. You get to go first. This is tough. There's so many good ones to pick, but I have to go with the guy that was clutched down the stretch, and that was Terry Rozier. Rozier calls for the screen. He rejects it. Dribbles, bounces to Plumley, backs in against Gobert, out to Rogier, fires for three. Yes, sir! T. Rowe, Mr. Fourth Quarter, Mr. Big Shot, a humongous three there by Terry Rogier. Hornets 102, Jazz 99. Like you said right there on the call, it was a three-point game at that point. That one pushed the Hornets ahead for good, too, because at that point, Utah had to play catch-up, trying to exchange twos for threes and that sort of thing, and the Hornets were able to close it out down the stretch. But Terry, just such a great job last night. 34 hard minutes of action. The field goal percentage was okay. 9 of 20 from the field. 5 of 8 beyond the arc, which is a really impressive feat as well. Four rebounds out there. A steal and assist as well. It was a plus 7 and a plus minus. And keep in mind, too, he ended up going to the locker room for a few minutes yesterday, too. Ended up being no big deal but he did miss a couple of moments just getting checked out on whatever it was but he was able to come back kind of just power through whatever it was it's just that typical Youngstown toughness that we've seen from Terry Rozier night in and night out so he's got to be my top performer last night can't argue with it agree with you that was the last field goal the Hornets made it was actually the last one they took everything else from that point on was free throws for the Hornets we'll touch on that a little bit later on here in the podcast statistical note for Terry Rozier the five made threes moves him into a tie for seventh most made threes in a single season in Hornets history. He pulls even with Glenn Rice, who in the 96-97 season also hit the Terry Rozier now total of 200 and seven. My star for the night with a tip of the cap to Miles Bridges, who had a big double-double, 26 points, 11 boards, and he knocked down four threes. But I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball tonight. Bounces it out to P.J. Washington. He'll fire for three off the iron. Another rebound, Plumley Sends it to the corner. LaMelo, third tries the charm. Yes, sir! LaMelo Ball drilling another Lowe's three-point shot. LaMelo ends up with 21 points, four rebounds, five assists. He's really been shooting the ball well over the the last seven games he's made multiple threes in all seven of his most recent contests that's the longest such streak of his career and most importantly the team is six and one in that stretch there are nights where he's going to be attempting more shots than others I think he's had some really good recognition the last couple of games on when his team needs him to score and when his team needs him to be more of a distributor or maybe more appropriate to say when the defense is giving him the avenues to score or when they're trying to take those away and opening up more passing lanes but his identification of the right move is really top-notch right now, and it's showing with these results. So LaMelo Ball, a fantastic performance, and you can go with a whole host of other guys. Isaiah Thomas was really strong off the bench. Again, Miles Bridges, the double-double. P.J. Washington, not a great shooting night, but some big clutch shots down the stretch. And Mason Plumley, fantastic on the boards, but I'm I'm going with LaMelo Ball. I think he and Terry Rozier, that guard tandem, really helped pull the Hornets across the finish line. When you talk about the last seven games, let's shrink it a little bit more to the last six for LaMelo, averaging just a touch over 21 points per game, 5.7 rebounds per game, seven assists per game, a little bit over four made three-pointers, 47% from the field, 48% from beyond the arc, 
perfect from the free throw line. Unbelievable. He's playing really, really well. Hornets, huge win, 107-101 over the Utah Jazz, their first since 2018. Hornets now two games above 500 once again at 38 and 36. We got more we want to talk about in this game, particularly clutch time. It's been kind to the Hornets as of late, which is a real sign of how well they've been playing considering they still don't have Gordon Hayward. We'll touch on clutch time after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Hornets coming off a big win last night over the Utah Jazz, 107-101. to Tomorrow, they hit the road for the first time in about two weeks. They'll visit the Brooklyn Nets. That's going to be a huge, huge game. More on that one later on here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, Rob Longo here with you on the HHC. Rob, the Hornets beating Utah, a really elite team. They're top five in the Western Conference, still considered by many uh, to be a title threat. This is a team that's been to the postseason. They've got bona fide all-stars who are experienced in their career, running the show for them. It's a very, very good team. And Charlotte outplayed them in clutch time. This game was tied at 99 with a minute 32 remaining. And the Hornets just go out and outscore Utah 8-2 to down the stretch. Hornets only took one shot. They made it. It was the Terry Rozier three to move up 102 to 99. Jazz were one for four, and the Jazz were forced to put the Hornets on the line a few times. Charlotte stepped up to the stripe and made them. They went five of six from the charity stripe. So a really impactful, important performance by the Hornets. They desperately want Gordon Hayward back. I'm not trying to say anything otherwise, but it's not lost on me how significant it is that the Hornets in these last 19 games now without Gordon Hayward are above 500. I think that shows a sign of a mature group. They're growing up right before our eyes a little bit, too, because if it was last season and, you know, the same thing happened last year with Gordon Hayward being out for the, you know pretty much last month of the season, I mean, there were other injuries in there as well, considering with LaMelo Ball and that sort of thing. But if you put this team in that situation last year, I don't think that they win this game. I mean, just the way that they've been able to grow up over the last season, you got more veteran presence, give a lot of credit to guys like Isaiah Thomas, Montrez Harrell coming in, injecting a little bit more of a veteran presence. Of course, Mason Plumley as well played a huge game considering he only had one point and 11 rebounds I jokingly said before we started recording this that Mason Plumlee had the best 1.11 rebound game in the history of the NBA but I mean he still goes out there and battles he was a plus five and the plus minus and you take this recent run that the Hornets have been on and you shrink it down to a little bit of a smaller sample size Hornets have been great in the month of March they are now 4-0 and in clutch time in the month of March playing some really good basketball and I think that's a cause for concern for other teams around the NBA I would not want to be playing the Hornets right now just because you know you want to be playing your best basketball at the right time I think the Hornets are starting to they're not quite peaking yet but they're climbing the mountain getting to the apex for the last year and a half uh, as you and I have done this podcast most of the time when we talk about what Gordon Hayward represents to the team I've said he, he's the floor he's the foundation of the team if he's out there on the hardwood he's not going to let them drop below a certain level of play he's just too good of a player and and has that kind of influence 
on the court. I think that's changed now. I think the foundation of this team is a little steadier around a core of players, and now Gordon Hayward represents the ceiling. He represents the opportunity for Charlotte if they can get into a seven-game series and he's healthy. I'm with you. I don't think anyone out there in the NBA would really look forward to playing the Hornets in the seven-game series, whether that's Miami, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, or anyone else that could see the Hornets in the first round of the NBA playoffs if the Hornets are able to get there. Head coach James Borrego yesterday had this to say about the team's composure. Well, this is, how, this is why you love it. I mean, it's, it's emotional. There's so many emotions out there, the highs, the lows. But I thought this group was steady tonight. They were steady. They were poised. We were composed. And nobody got rattled out there. We were just even killed the whole game. I was really proud of the guys in our response. Even when they made a few tough shots into quarters, nobody hung their heads. But this is why we do it. I mean, this is it right here. I mean, to be in these positions, to, to play meaningful basketball, to see the growth of your young team right now is just fantastic. You know, And so for me, it's I'm extremely proud of them and how we've responded all year to be where we're at. And couldn't be more proud of them. Rob, the Hornets have had an elite offense really all season. They've been top two or three in scoring offense most of the campaign, but they've taken it to a whole new level here since the All-Star break. A little story that was on NBA.com, their power rankings notebook. This was going into yesterday's game. Charlotte was number four in the NBA in points per 100 possessions since the All-Star break at 120-plus per game. Trailed only Boston, Milwaukee, and Minnesota, all three of whom are solidly into either the playoff or play-in tournament picture. Minnesota's the only one who's on the play-in tournament side, and they still got a chance to move up in the Western Conference standings. We'll see how it works out. Furthermore, the Hornets are third in terms of the jump in scoring per 100% possessions from pre-All-Star break to post-All-Star break. They're up over nine points per 100 possessions, trailing only Boston and Detroit. And, and, and the Hornets have eight games this year and going into last night, where they were scoring at least 130 points per 100 possessions. That's tied with Phoenix and trailing only the Boston Celtics, who have really been on fire offensively. So however you slice it, I'm more of a normal you know, shooting percentages, uh, made threes, total offense type of guy than these you know, more complex efficiency stats. But I can read numbers, and these numbers say the Hornets are very, very good offensively. Yeah, that's great news. But at the same time, I mean, when you're looking bigger picture, when you look at some of these teams that are really good, just elite teams that can make runs to the conference finals, to the NBA finals, they're usually defensive first. They're usually a little bit defensive minded. And again, the defense has been a lot better over the last couple of weeks for the Hornets, especially over this run of the last seven games. I mean, it's been taking super human efforts to beat the Hornets. You go back and you think about the Kyrie game where he drops 50, Jason Tatum having a big game too against Boston. And, you know, now you look back at those losses, especially the Boston loss, it doesn't look too bad at all because of the way that the Celtics have been playing ever since the calendar really flipped to 2022. So as the offense comes along, sometimes, you know your best defense is your offense because you're able to you know make your shots you're able to get back set up your defense if the Hornets are able to do that I mean I think that's just one of those things that's just going to take them to another level especially when you take a look at last night yeah Rudy Gobert ended up with 19 rebounds and 11 points but he was silent in that first half he had two points nine rebounds through the first 24 minutes of action Mason Plumlee did a really good job on him the strategy involved too going small we've seen the Hornets go small the last couple of times and by small that's putting Montrezl Harrell at the five which is not small by any means but it's just not putting a set 
seven-footer out there on the floor. So, you know, as much as the offense is great, the defense has been almost even better in a sense, too. So you're able to combine those two elite efforts together. It's amazing what this team can do. Hornets showing a lot of composure in crunch time and another clutch win for Charlotte. So, Rob Longa, we spent most of the month of February looking at the scoreboard, hoping other teams would give Charlotte a hand. Here in March, we're still looking at the scoreboards because we want to know how things are being influenced night to night. But Charlotte's not looking for any handouts. They're looking to take the opportunities that are there for them. That being said, Charlotte didn't get a lot of help last night. We'll do some scoreboard watching when we return here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. Well, I don't look at the standings, but my kids tell me, my two boys, my daughter, my wife, my mom, so if I could just move into a bubble, I'd be okay. But, uh, you know, unfortunately I can't. Look, we're human beings. We know I'm aware of the standings. This is a beautiful time of the year. You should know the standings. And this is why we do it. Do I focus on that and do I preach that to our team? No. We focus on what we can control. We control the standings based on how we play. Winning games will control the standings for us. So we're in a great position, meaningful games right now. And uh, we just build off this win. Hornets head coach James Borrego, not personally doing any scoreboard watching, but everyone else in his family is. A little hurt that I wasn't brought up as one of the people that brings up the standings. But then again, I am not related to JB, so I'm not going to take it too personally. Hornets did get the big win yesterday against the Utah Jazz, 107-101. to But Rob Longo, as I mentioned going into the last break, did not get a lot of help from elsewhere in terms of the teams that are in their near vicinity. All the other games that really could impact the Hornets were amongst teams that were behind Charlotte in the standings. Atlanta was playing against Golden State. A Hawks loss would have created a little bit more separation for the Hornets, but that was not meant to be. Atlanta beats the Golden State Warriors 121-110, to the final score of that contest. Elsewhere, Washington won at Detroit 100-97, to and the Knicks stayed hot. They beat Miami in Miami 111-110. To 103. Nevertheless, magic number, thanks to the Hornets' victory, is now down to three to make the play in tournament, period, end of sentence. And in terms of climbing into the number eight position, Hornets, thanks to their victory, are now just a half game back of Brooklyn. So now we become the biggest Miami Heat fans tonight when they take on the Brooklyn Nets now. But I mean, it's great that the Hornets have been able to, you know, put themselves in winning opportunities. You think about the Knicks game a little bit and you think of what could have been, and then you kind of go back a little bit more and you think about maybe those losses like the Kelly Olenek buzzer beater against the Pistons. You go back to that one that the Hornets came really sluggish out of the gates at home against Orlando. And then you think about going 0-7 in overtime games this season. I mean, if you think about, you know, if the Hornets are even able to win two or three of those, then they're in a much more advantageous position and they're looking down at Brooklyn in the standings for the eight spot. But, you know, you can't dwell on the past. You got to focus on the future, control what you can control and move on from there. So again, you just got to take it one game at a time. Hornets were able to really do that last night against Utah. And as James Borrego, head coach of the Hornets, said, Charlotte can only control what they can control, and they can dictate the standings by winning their games. And that's true. If the Hornets 
were to win out, they will be the eight seed. But it would help if Brooklyn would help a little bit. And that opportunity is there tonight. The big one to watch. Brooklyn is at Miami. Now, we mentioned them earlier. Heat did lose to the New York Knicks yesterday. So they will be on night two of a back-to-back. Brooklyn will be on night one of a back-to-back. Night two, of course, against the Hornets. We'll have your preview pod for you tomorrow. Now, regardless, again, of this game's results, Charlotte will have a chance to play for the eighth spot on Sunday. They win Sunday in Brooklyn. Hornets will be in eighth. The difference is if the Brooklyn Nets win in Miami, Charlotte will hold that spot by way of the tiebreaker. They'll have won two out of three against Brooklyn, so they will be even in terms of wins and losses, but will hold the tiebreaker and thus go into the eighth spot. Brooklyn, for the moment, would drop to nine. If, however, the Miami Heat beat the Brooklyn Nets to open the back-to-back, and then Charlotte wins. Now there's a one-game gap between the two teams, and the Hornets hold the tiebreaker. You look at Charlotte's schedule, there are some difficult games in there. There's two back-to-backs remaining, one on Monday coming back home to take on a motivated Denver Nuggets team for certain. Another one, they're going to have to go to Chicago to play a home road back-to-back with night two being on the road at Chicago. So those are difficult games. Brooklyn, I feel in terms of travel, in terms of those back-to-backs, This is the last of the really hard part for them. Their only other back-to-back involves from going from Brooklyn to Madison Square Garden. That's not a whole lot of travel. They do have difficult games. I'm not trying to minimize their schedule, but I think between the two, Brooklyn has the easier end of it when it comes to travel. So this is the opportunity, I think, for Charlotte in terms of clear-cut. You can see who's coming where, and of course the Hornets will play them the next night so this is definitely the game to watch in the NBA from a Hornets perspective absolutely but there's also a couple of other games that have a little bit of some implications as well you take a look at the Indiana game taking on Toronto in Toronto you also have Cleveland at home against Chicago as well so those two have a little bit of an issue just because of the way that the schedule works out because this is looking you know way bigger picture if the Hornets are able to leapfrog Brooklyn and get into that eight spot now it comes down to where would the Hornets go in that seven eight matchup will they go to Toronto or will they go to Cleveland because both of those teams are 41 and 32 in the standings right now so those are the other two games that might have a little bit of a factor or a little bit of an impact for the Hornets but bigger picture just looking at the first objective right in front of you it's clearly Brooklyn in Miami tonight well Rob I would go one step further going back to the the Cleveland and Toronto games Cleveland hosting Chicago Toronto against the Pacers who have of course already been eliminated but both of those teams are not out of striking distance yet for the Hornets yeah it's, it's far more likely that if Charlotte can get into the eighth seed, that they would be playing to visit one of these two teams. But it is still possible if both those teams were to lose, they would be just three games ahead of Charlotte for the number seven spot. And with eight games to go, if the Hornets can get hot, Either those teams go really cold. The lead, let's just say, is not insurmountable. So we'll keep an eye on it. Either way, it's important because if Charlotte can play either one of those home or road it's a big deal and that's definitely seems to be the matchup in terms of getting to sixth place look both those teams would have to go in the toilet and monumental collapses yeah for both. Mo- monumental collapses and Brooklyn too as well just to be safe hey after last season until the magic or tragic number is zero anything is possible so playing to watch for tonight most importantly that Brooklyn Miami game if you're a Big Hornets fan, go ahead and start scouting the heat. Send some stats and notes to me. Uh, definitely will look forward to using them at Barclays Center on Sunday. And, of course, that one will be on the Hornets radio network and its flagship station, Sports Radio FNZ. It's new FM home, 
92.7, 7.30 tip time on Sunday night. Pre-game will start at 6.30. I know where Rob Longo is going to be. I will be previewing this one with you tomorrow as well. That's for sure. We uh, look forward to having you back with us here on the HHC. For my producer on the Hornets Radio Network, Rob Longo, as well as the producer here of the Hornets Hivecast, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along. Great win yesterday for the Hornets over the Utah Jazz. That is now eight wins in their last 11 games. They'll look to keep it rolling tomorrow against Brooklyn. We'll have your preview podcast tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.